Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Live with CDP Podcast, Season 3, Episode 20. Uh, and this is also my 130th episode uh, tonight in two years. And uh, my general, the, my guest tonight is uh, Pat Gregor. This will be his uh, record-tying fourth time on here, along with uh, Aaron Sanders from the Windsor Express. So I'm looking forward to speaking to Pat tonight about the National Lacrosse League. And I'm hoping to go to a game in a couple weeks in Hamilton. I'm really looking forward to actually going to a lacrosse game. And I'm working hard on guys getting a, a player on from uh, the Toronto Rock, possibly, or another team across the NL as well. And uh, just bear with me, guys, and I will bring on Pat Gregor. He's also the social media and marketing manager for Coolback Canada. He's also a TSN analyst uh, for the National Lacrosse Games uh, Game of the Week on TSN. And he's also an analyst for the uh, Halifax, Halifax Thunderbirds of the National Lacrosse League as well. So I'm looking forward to speaking to Pat tonight. And Pat's also a big Maple Leafs fan, so I've got to ask him about those uh, Justin Bieber Toronto Maple Leaf jerseys. So uh, just one moment, and I'm going to bring on Pat Gregor. Hey, Pat, how you doing? Good, Chris. How are you doing, buddy? Thanks for having me on. No problem. Thanks for coming on a, tying, a record-tying fourth time. I heard that. I'm I'm pretty happy to say that I hold that that title. Um, I'm gonna have to find out who else has been on four times because I, w- I want to uh, beat them. There you go. Okay. All right. Aaron well, Sanders. Yes, uh, another great guest for sure. But no, I appreciate you having me on so often, man. It's uh, every time we come on, it's a good time. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to. I'm hoping uh, maybe not this Saturday, but the uh, April second game against uh, the San Diego team. I forgot what their last name was again. The Seals. San- the Seals. Seals. Yeah. I was going to call mm-hmm. them the go- Goals, but I guess it's the Seals. <laughs> that's the. I believe that's their uh, ECHL hockey team that they have down there. So wow. So um, yeah, they play out of the same arena, Pachanga Arena. So pretty close. Uh, how's that? How's that working as well? So far uh, with San Diego, San Diego, they, you know, they've had a little bit of struggles here and there. Some nights they have good crowds, some uh, not so much. I know what COVID really didn't help them out. Um, they had a ton of momentum going. And then in 2020, uh, the season was shut down. So they kind of had to build things back up, but uh, they have a great team. They're they're first in the West right now. And every home game now, it seems like they got more and more people coming out to games. So they're starting to build some momentum on and off the field. Yeah, I see right now you got eight teams in the East and six in the West. So obviously in the future of the expansion, you got Vegas coming in. And then is Mm -hmm. there another team besides Vegas coming in next year? Uh, no, so just Vegas right now, yeah. but you're you're okay. totally right. They want to even out the uh, the two conferences right now. It would be ideal that you know you finish with sixteen, um, even things out, have uh, eight aside, and I think they'll probably 
cool off with the expansion for a little while, make sure all the teams are healthy on and off the floor. Uh, the parity is very high right now in the National Lacrosse League, so they don't want to add too many because uh, I think that's a big selling point for this league right now. It is really, you know, any weekend, any team can knock off someone. Yes, you have the Buffaloes near the top um, who have been on fire, but uh, a lot of those wins that they've had have, you know, come by a game or two. So parity is is king uh, in these professional leagues, especially ones that are trying to grow like the NLL. I was going to say, I noticed the the Bandits have a winning road record 4-1, and one, but a lot of the teams are at 500 or below 500. So I think that's what's separating the Bandits right now in the standings is their ability to, to go 4-1 and one on the road so far. They're only lost with to the Rock in Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? This is a, a Bandits team that has proven that, you know, they, they can win at home in front of that raucous crowd in Bandit land, uh, but they can also win on the road. And as I mentioned, there've been a couple of close losses, like uh, the one that jumps out to me, it was an overtime uh, win uh, against uh, New York and New York at that point, I think only had one win, um, but you know, they, they struggled, uh, they clawed back, they forced overtime and they won. And, you know, Chris, in all sports, uh, the old adage goes, good teams find a way to win when things aren't going right. And that's something that the Buffalo Bandits have been able to do, especially on the road. Yeah, definitely. Before we get into the National Lacrosse League, got to ask you about this one second. Uh, what do you think <laughs> of the Toronto Maple Leafs new jersey uh, designed by Justin Beaver? I, uh, yearly fan, I had to ask you. <laughs> I had to ask you. Chris, as a as a fashion piece that you wanted to wear, you know, out on the street or to a bar or whatever, sure, that's fine. But the fact that I know it's a reversible jersey, so you can they won't be wearing that side on the ice. But I'm a I'm a purist, man. Uh, my family has had season tickets since you know the Leafs were playing at the Gardens. The Leafs have to be blue and white. And if they're not going to be blue yes. and white, it's the one or two games a year that they wear those St. Pat's Day jerseys. And they're green and white because that's what they were. Um, Originally. You know, after they, you know, yeah, exactly. When they, before the arenas. And uh, for me, it's just, it's, 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 it's silly. Um, I know it's for the kids. It's their next generation game. But as a purist, um, seeing those today, even just the other side of the jerseys that were all black with the, the blue leaf, like, the Leafs got to be blue and white. Uh, that's, that's yep. you know, the saying goes, you bleed blue and white. There's no black in those jerseys. So uh, it would be like the Red Wings. Like I couldn't see them. I know a couple of years ago they had a little bit of silver in those uh, alternate Very. jerseys. That that looked weird. Like yep. the, these original six teams, yep. don't change your jerseys. Keep them. You can, you know, alter, alternate them here and there, but keep the color scheme. That You're the original six for a reason, right? No need yep. to change things. Well, look at the Buffalo Sabres. They finally went back to what oh, was gorgeous. popular. There was nothing wrong with that uniform in the first place. But, Pat, mm. you know what really makes me upset? The Pistons went back to their original uniforms. Now the fans want those ugly 1990s Grant Hill teal jerseys. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to go on a rant about it. They're garbage. They were awful. They never won anything with them. No disrespect to Grant Hill. It's like, leave well enough alone. I don't mind them having the, the, the third jersey, the Motor City jersey or whatever. But to go back to those awful 90s uh, Grant Hill teal color horsepower jerseys. Yeah. Awful. I'm sorry. I'm going on a rant right now. <laughs> No, you know what? Hey, go off because I, I, for me, 
If you want to sprinkle it in as a, you know, an alternate Jersey here or there, I get it. Even if they're, they're not great, but that's what's in style right now with the kids. They like that nineties era of some of those jerseys. And yes, they are really out of whack. I mean, even look, the Raptors dino jerseys, those are so popular. Uh, and they haven't even worn those as, as retro in a little while, but when you go to a Raptors game or you watch it on TV, you see those jerseys in the crowd. So as it, like I said, as a fashion Jersey, by all means, sell them. Uh, let people wear them in the crowd. Let them wear them when they're playing basketball in their driveway or whatever. Um, but yeah, if uh, I I, uh, I got to agree, especially you brought up a great point. I understand bringing back jerseys uh, if they have you know historic meaning and the the franchise was thriving um, to honor that. But when there was not much to cheer for, um, I don't know why you would bring those jerseys back. Well, it's definitely, and, and look at the Bills. They've, they, I'm even though I'm not a Bills fan, they brought back their, you know, sort of their original uniforms, but updated mm -hmm. them, and I think they did yep. a terrific job. But but for yeah. about ten years there in the Drew Bledsoe era, they had horrible uniforms, Awful. and it's like those navy yeah, blues. So, yeah, they're brutal, yeah. and and that's the thing, like. I don't see the Bills ever bringing those ones back. Maybe, I, which a lot of people are asking to bring back as alternates, you know, is that 90s era where they had the red helmets yeah. with the lighter blue, yeah. which I would yeah. love to see them do. You know, they honored the yeah. Jim Jim Kelly era, Kelly. right? Like that would yeah. be awesome to do. But please never even think about bringing back those brutal Navy jerseys. Not only were they ugly, the team was ugly on the field as well. Felt so don't wild. bring back any, don't bring back those bad memories, yeah. please. With the Eagles, I like. I, I'd like this. I want them to go back. I want them to ha go back to those '80s uniforms, but mm -hmm. I don't want to go back permanently because they didn't have a lot of success in them. And uh, I the, right now, I, I like the the Kelly Green, and I do like their current uniforms, but I don't like the old black. To me, the Philadelphia Eagles are green. That's mm -hmm. my that's my way. So, but it's a money maker for all these sports teams nowadays. For it's sure. like the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays finally got it right by going back to what people wanted and and mm -hmm. and and, and I'm, I'm glad they did that it's like the detroit tigers um their home uniforms they really haven't touched them much other than the logo uh some mm -hmm. people don't like the the slimmer logo but i do and uh, i'm just glad the rock who moved to uh let's get back to lacrosse at least they kept their colors and their logos and stuff like that and you know what i think this toronto rock name might work out after all because i admit mm -hmm. i was skeptical of keeping them called the toronto rock playing in hamilton but so far so good yeah, and uh, you did mention, you know, them not changing the colors. They do have an alternate jersey, which is pretty awesome. Uh, they'll wear it. I, I think they're actually going to wear them on this Saturday, and they're uh, to honor Hamilton. So they are black with yellow, uh, and they're pretty sharp. They've already worn them this year. Uh, but again, it's just for a couple of games, right? So it's it's not like they're changing the complete look of their franchise, and it still has the Toronto Rock logo. So it, it's kind of a nice way to, to welcome Hampton and say thank you for for accepting us and bringing us into your city. Um, you know that it's it's the Sailors as the Bulldogs and the Tie Cats, so it's a very iconic color scheme with the city. I don't think they'll ever switch full time. I think they'll always stick with that cl classic Toronto Rock red, blue, and white. Uh, but it's pretty cool to see them, you know, throwing an alternate jersey uh, every so often throughout the year. Especially if it's done right, like in uh, uh, Bulldogs and Tiger Cat colors, because exactly. when you think of those colors, you think of Hamilton. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Definitely. Steel City, yeah. And they, they even Definitely. have an alternate patch on, on the side that has the hammer. 
um, to signify the nickname uh, of Hamilton. So if you get a chance, I would definitely check them out. They're pretty sweet, uh, sweet threads. So. Definitely. Like I said, I am hoping maybe not this week, but the uh, April 2nd to go to the game there. And I'm looking forward to it because I've never been to a lacrosse game, but talking to you and John and uh, watching some of the games on TV, it's like I said, it's really good. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You got to get inside a building as well. Now with things starting to open up a little bit more, you, you feel the energy in the building. They do a great job. It's more than just a sporting event. You know, they got the music, they've got great in-game entertainment, you know, during whistles and stuff. It, it, the action, um, obviously on the field is, is tremendous on the floor, but, um, you know, even when there are some lulls in plays, even though there's not many, there's not a lot of, of stoppage, but even when there is, they've got other things going on and it's always a good time. Anytime you roll up to the rink and you've mentioned, you know, Hamilton, obviously a great spot. And you even mentioned Buffalo as well, too. Uh, that's a spot. I don't know if you go this year, maybe next year. I would say you have to make it down to Bannett land. That is one of the best atmospheres uh, in all of lacrosse. Definitely. And I'm still hoping Detroit gets a, a, an LL team in the next year or two. I really think it would be great to have a team back in Detroit. Yeah. I think they're going to add, like we, we mentioned already, they're going to add Vegas. So they'll go in the West and maybe one more West team. Uh, but I think if they're going to add another East team, Detroit should be in the mix, Montreal, Ottawa, some of those spots I think for sure should be in the mix. But Detroit seems like a no-brainer, especially with that beautiful building, um, you know, right downtown. The, the area down there is revitalized. And I know arenas are always looking for other dates to, mm -hmm. to fill up those buildings. So if you don't have a basketball or a hockey game or a concert, lacrosse game, something that certainly can fill it out. Yeah, and my friend Jamie in Philadelphia, you know they got the big, the big four sports there, but he actually likes the cross with the mm -hmm. Philadelphia Wings too. And yeah. I, I think it's doing quite well in Philadelphia. And they're one of the original, aren't they one of the original NLL teams? Yeah, so they were, and then they ended up, actually uh moving so they moved to new england but then they ended up getting an expansion team back and back. it was unfortunate it was just the the ownership group didn't have a great um deal with the arena didn't get great dates so it was they kind of struggled and they had a very passionate core fan base but just the the ownership group didn't work but then when they did bring them back it was actually um the ownership group that owns uh, the Flyers and the 76ers. So uh, that worked out perfectly. Um, so there's a lot of cross promotion within the building. So it, it worked out really well. And um, yeah, they, they get some great, great fans. It's not one of the bigger crowds. I mean, I'd say it's about mid pack in the league, maybe a little bit higher, but the fans that show up, oh man, they are passionate. They're loud and they're just your typical Philly sports fans. Just, you know, if you're a Philly player, you, you love playing there. If you're on the other team, you don't love to play there. But if you're winning, you love to play there because you like to embrace those boos because they are loud and they're passionate. Did the Toronto Rock bring back their uh, dance team too, or that's still kind of on hold? You know what? I haven't been to a rock game with fans in the stands, so I will find oh, out this week. Weekend, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, because every single game that I've called with TSN in in that building, uh, there was no fans, so they dance. didn't bring the, the dance team. They 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 didn't really have much of an in game production because again, there was no fans. So yeah. I will have to get back to you. Uh, I think okay. they still do. I know that that they okay. used to when they were uh, at Scotiabank Arena and ACC, but I couldn't see why they wouldn't. But uh, I'll have to let you know on Saturday. 
Okay, definitely. Hey, I was going to ask you, what's it like going up to that press box? Do you guys do you guys have one on the one hundred level, or do you guys go up to the uh, the regular normal press box? Yeah, we go all the way up to the top there in uh, in Hamilton and in Halifax as well too, um, and pretty much actually all the NLL buildings that I've called games in 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 Scotia Bank um, a couple of years ago as well uh, in uh, Saskatchewan at the Saskatel Center. They're all pretty high up there, but Hamilton is one of the higher ones. It's really up there in the gondola, but um, it's fun. It's great sight lines. The higher up, the the better it is to see the full flip four. Sometimes depending on the Jersey, it might be a little trickier to see the Jersey numbers, but just the vantage point that you get when you're up higher, you, you feel a little more over top of the playing service uh, rather than if you're, you know, in the 100 level there, sometimes the fans get in the way. Sometimes you, you, yeah. there are some blind spots in the corner. Okay, I've seen uh, Mike Farwell from the Kitchener Rangers when they when they were going to Hamilton uh, go up to the press box and you always do video footage and I'm like, can't they just uh, cover up looking down because I'm <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a guy that likes heights and just looking it's like oh my god it's like yeah. so too bad they couldn't just put something to cover that up when yeah. you're walking up to the press box. Some buildings do have that they where they do block it off. Hamilton's pretty wide open, but luckily it's a it's a pretty short walk. Um, so it, you know, just hold your breath and look for, don't look down and you'll be all right okay. to get up there. <laughs> okay. I had to bring that up with you anyway. So, um, time-wise, how are the, you? Oh, I, I'm good. I was just going to say the, the craziest one. I haven't called a game out there yet, but, uh, the saddle dome is supposed to be, uh, the craziest one, at least in the national lacrosse league. And I know a lot of the guys in the, uh, the NHL talk about it too. It's up high. Um, it's older and it's a little bit of a longer walk. So if you're not a fan of heights, Saddle Dome is probably not the place uh, their press box for you. <laughs> I guess Derek Wills, who used to be the Bulldogs uh, uh, AHL announcer, going to Hamilton to Calgary. Yep. That was no yep. big deal from what you're telling me. Calgary yeah, is exactly. even more <laughs> steep than Hamilton. So. And he's a yeah. good guy too, by the way, Derek Wills. Real good guy. He paid his dues and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I don't know him personally. I know his work. I know he's great. And I know he's a guy that's, you know, grinded for a long time. And a lot of people in the industry were super, super happy for him when he got that break. And he's he's done a tremendous yep. job. Just goes to show you hard work pays off in the end. Mm -hmm. Dedication Absolutely, and Chris. stuff like that. So definitely. I'm going to ask sir. Okay, the first question I wanted to ask you, what's quick thoughts on the return of the National Lacrosse League and, and so far up to this point? It's been great. It's been an unbelievable, mem memorable season. I know we've had some ups and downs in terms of, you know, the league shutting down for a bit, um, you know, playing with without fans in certain buildings. But all in all, the National Lacrosse League has done a great job keeping this season on the rails. Shout out to the great owners of this league and the Bo Board of Governors. They had to sacrifice a lot. Um, Jamie Dowick, for for example, the owner of the Toronto Rock, had to give up two nights um, in front of no fans. Just uh, other teams in the league were postponing dates. He recognized that you know they had to keep the momentum going with the TSN game of the week. So um, he he had a couple of games where there was no fans in the stands, uh, but he recognized that there was a, a great opportunity for you know, the, the non-traditional lacrosse fan to come across it on TSN. And he said, you know, it's something that it was a sacrifice. It's something that they don't love to do. They would much rather postpone it. But he said, you know, you're running out of dates. You're running out of time. So I'm great on them. But the actual play on the floor has been just tremendous. Obviously, we talked about 
the Buffalo Bandits kind of being the, the top dog in the league right now. But then you look, you know, not too far down from them, the Halifax Thunderbirds and, and the Toronto Rock have been great in the East, in the West. San Diego has been great. They've been really, really strong this year. Um, but then there's some other teams as well. Colorado, Panther City, Lacrosse Club. Are you kidding me? An expansion team. Uh, this is a team that's fighting uh, for a playoff spot. Um, so really, with the exception of maybe one or two teams right now, everyone's still in it. Everyone in the West right now legitimately has a chance to make the postseason. It's not going to be easy for Calgary or Saskatchewan to turn their, their season around or for Panther City uh, to make the postseason in their first season. But I think if I had to narrow it down to one word, it's parody. And that is something that the league has been trying to preach and try to build for a very long time. With expansion, it's been so tough. But I think they've found this this number. And like I said uh, earlier, Chris, I think two more teams. Vegas coming in next year. Let's add another team out west. Let's keep it at 16 for a little while. Because I'm telling you, I like when you can go into a game and for the most part, it's tough to pick who you think's going to win. And sometimes you pick the, the team that's the heavy favorite. And any given Sunday, well, more like any given Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, because truly any team can beat any team on any given night. And in the West, it's really right now the two top teams are San Diego and Colorado. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I mentioned, San Diego, they are the cream of the crop when it comes to the West. Uh, their offense is elite. They have very strong goaltending in Frank Chiliano and that defense in front of them have done a great job. Um, you know, less than 100 goals against in 11 games played so far. So they're a team that certainly a lot of people have circled as the top team in the West, not just because uh, of their record, but but the way they've been winning games, the way that they've been, you know, implementing. Everyone talks about the offense, but it's the defense, the goaltending that really has been the backbone uh, of this, this franchise. Uh, Colorado, you mentioned, though, they have been a nice little surprise, a little bit up and down for them. You don't really know what to expect. Some nights with their goaltender, Dylan Ward, who, in my personal opinion, when he's on his game, he's the best goalie in the world. Um, but if he's not playing his best and he's not stealing them games, that defense certainly looks very beatable. And the offense, some nights just haven't been there. So it's the inconsistencies uh, for Calgary that or sorry, for Colorado, that makes them a little bit vulnerable right now. I think they should be okay to make the playoffs. They might drop down maybe to that third seed, but they're looking okay for playoffs right now. But then you look at Vancouver, five and seven, uh, Panther City, five and eight, Calgary, four and seven, and Saskatchewan at four and nine. I mentioned it, like there, there is a, a way for each team to, to still make the playoffs. For those teams near the bottom, like Saskatchewan, it'll be very tough. But Saskatchewan's a team that has been a perennial power for years. It's just been an off year for them. Haven't really been able to, you know, there's one game where their offense looks great, the defense and goaltender struggles. Or the offense can't put the ball in the back of the net, but the defense and the goalies look great. Or the D and the offense are playing great, and the goaltending decides to have a little bit of a stinker. So, if they can find some consistency down the stretch, they have a great coaching staff, great management, and they have players that have been here before. So if they can turn things around, the task is certainly tall, Chris, but they're a team that could even squeak into the playoffs. And once they're in, you know, it's it's a, a very interesting with the National Lacrosse League. The first game, it, it's just one game. The conference, it's a best two of three. 
and then the finals is a best of three. So as you know, in a lot of sports that are even, you know, best of seven, you can catch fire at the rat right time. You really can make some noise in the playoffs when you're playing in majority, you know, two, two of three, or even in the case in the first round, just a one and done. If you're hot at the right time, man, you, you, you could certainly make some noise and maybe have a little bit of a Cinderella story to the finals. You just answered my next question about the playoff set setup because the last time I spoke to you, uh, they still wasn't they still weren't mm-hmm. the league wasn't sure how they were going to do it. So thank you for answering that question. No worries, but I will answer one other part about the the playoff structure, which is a little bit different. So um, four teams in the East automatically will make um, the postseason. So as it stands right now, Buffalo, Halifax, Toronto, and Georgia would make it into the playoffs. Uh, only three teams are guaranteed in the West. So San Diego, Colorado, and Vancouver as it stands, but then there is a potential for a crossover. So say if the fifth team in the East has a better record than the fourth place team in the West, that team would then cross over and play the first place team, uh, in the West. But if the fourth place team does have a better record uh, than the team that's in fifth in the East, then it will just be four and four. So a cool little wrinkle for this year, because as we mentioned, there is, uh, you know, an uneven amount in the conferences right now. So this is a way that they're able to make things maybe a little more fair if, which it does look like right, right now, the East is a lot stronger than the West. But as I mentioned, Calgary, you know, they, they still have almost half their schedule to play Panther City's a team that's really starting to catch fire as well. So uh, I, I, if I had to guess, I would probably think that that fifth place team is going to go in the crossover, but crazier things have happened this year so far, Chris. Definitely. Now the Vegas expansion team, have they got a name yet? No name yet. No No name. name. So they're, they're holding off and people are dying to hear what their name is. I've heard some rumblings of some names here and there, uh, but nothing official yet. Nothing that I can say. I can't give you any nuggets on on here, but uh, there are some good names that have been thrown out. So it'll be interesting to see what they do go with. uh, And that's going to be a franchise. That's going to be so exciting. Uh, We saw what, uh, any franchise that has moved down there, whether it's the Golden Knights or the, what we've seen, the Raiders, and even though their WNBA team, the Aces, uh, they've done a great job with uh, bringing fans into their games. We see even college basketball tournaments. Um, you know, the Pac, I think it was the Pac-12 uh, this past, or a couple weeks ago, um, leading up to March Madness, they had some great crowds there. So Vegas is, is a town that has been, very hungry for for professional sports, been hungry um, to get their teams to cheer for. So I think this is an opportunity where a uh, very untraditional lacrosse city uh, and even the state of Nevada, but it's growing quite a bit. There's a lot of uh, grassroots levels uh, growing here. And I think another option for this is because Vegas has been so successful with the Golden Knights, the tickets are so expensive. And a lot of the time it's because people are reselling tickets for, let's say if, you know, the Red Wings are in town, people from Detroit make a road trip or uh, Toronto, the Maple Leafs are in town. They like to, you know, have those as road trips. So the prices are, are super high. So I think with the NLL team, for the people that do live in market that maybe can't afford to go to games or can't afford to have season tickets, this is an opportunity for a little bit of a, a cheaper ticket in town, but just as entertaining, if not an even more entertaining product that'll be on the floor. Okay. And uh, I was going to say, uh, 
the name, the one name I don't think they're going to be called is the Vegas Gamblers. I'll be shocked if they use the gambling word. So I, I'm going to go with the Vegas Stars. That's what I'm. Uh, I think they're going to use the Vegas Stars. Vegas Stars. I like it. I like it. I think there's going to be some sort of play on. They've been talking about their their catchphrase. They've been using on social media is coming in hot. So I think there's going to be a play on some sort of heat or maybe like the desert or I don't know. There's going to be something I think that has to do with hot or heat. So unless they're just throwing us for a curveball and they just use that as their campaign saying that they're coming into the NLL and coming into Vegas hot, but uh, they keep hammering that hashtag home. So that's just me thinking that maybe it might have something to do with their team name. Okay. We'll see what happens there. Uh, hopefully we'll know by maybe June or July. I think it'll be before that. There was rumors uh, rumbling around that I think in April they might release the team name and potentially the logo as well. So so keep your eyes to Twitter um, because I think that's where we'll probably hear. But I think you'd probably for sure know by June or July. But I think April is what we're expecting to to hear that. I think the colors will be uh, gold and black or black and gold. I think there'll be a combination of those colors. Yeah, I was trying to think of that as well. The only thing with that is that the Vancouver Warriors are black and gold. So I don't know. Maybe they'll think of something. I'm thinking it might be a combination of black, gold, and some silver to tie in the you know the Golden Knights, but also tie in the Raiders who are new in town as well too. So and, and of course it's you know it's 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 vegas it's it's going to be some sort of flashy jersey it won't be a traditional very subtle jersey i think it's going to be something flashy kind of like what you see with the golden knights jerseys okay uh oh, this leads to my next question uh i'm going to make it two part here what was it like being back in the broadcast booth as an analyst for the thunderbirds and how did you end up with the analyst role for the national lacrosse games game of the week on tsn it was it was awesome, man. Just getting back into Halifax. I love that city so much. It's a home away from home. Uh, Pete Dalladay, my play-by-play partner. Uh, we always, we traveled together. We roomed together. So it was just so great to be back, um, making that trip. You know, traveled with the team as well, seeing all the guys. And then when you get into that booth, um, the first game was not at capacity, so it was a pretty filled uh, arena. And then unfortunately after that, it was at capacity, but still, even our last game that we called um, 5,000 fans in that building. And Chris, I tell you, it felt like 15,000. They were so happy to be back in that arena um, to see their Halifax team out on the floor. They love their Thunderbirds and you really do feel, feed off the energy calling some of those games in the empty buildings or even in Halifax when there was only you know 3,000 fans. It's still great. I still love it. It's still a, a, a fantastic product on the floor, but I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that I didn't miss the the roar of the crowd. You really do build off the energy. And if the crowd, after a big goal, you, you, you hear the roar, your ears are ringing, even though you've got the headset on, sometimes our booth even starts to get shaking and it just it allow it makes you so much more excited for those goal calls as well, and um, it, it's fantastic to be back. Uh, probably won't be back again for a little while now, as uh, just the way that their schedule worked. Um, but it was it was great to be back, and the way that their team has been playing. Yes, they've lost two games in a row. Um, 
you know, they'd have to have some sort of epic collapse right now not to make the postseason. So fingers crossed that we can get a playoff game in Halifax because, oh man, that would be awesome. And to answer your second part of the question, how I got the position with TSN, to be quite honest, they just approached me. I guess they saw some of my film out from what I did in Halifax and some of the other work that I did with the National Lacrosse League this past uh, fall covering the the draft, um, which was a lot of fun. So uh, just just they, they saw what's out there. And, you know, when people ask, you know, how do you, you know, you market yourself? Just, it doesn't matter, Chris, if it's you and I talking on this podcast or if it's me on tsn.ca calling a Halifax Thunderbirds or another podcast or on Fan 590 in the morning, whatever it is, always treat every single episode like it's a tryout because you never know who's watching. And the more reps you get, the more confident you get, the better it sounds and the better you'll feel about it. And uh, that's just something that, you know, I got lucky, I guess it was just, you know, hard work. Um, and they obviously saw something that they liked and I'm, I, I couldn't be more proud, couldn't be more excited and honored that, um, you know, I got chosen for the East team and it, it's been so much fun. It's been a dream come true. It's, it's very cliche and cheesy, but uh, this is a game that I found just, you know, clicking uh, through the remote and saw the Toronto rock playing. I think it was back then it was on Sportsnet, but um, just seeing them play on TV. And if our broadcasts, you know, if, if the product on the floor and if myself and John Abbott and Ash Dawkins do a great job presenting the game and presenting the tremendous athletes that are down on the turf and we can, you know, convert a few lacrosse fans and uh, a few new NLL fans my, our job is done. That's what we're here to do. We're here to grow the game. We're here to grow the league. Uh, and uh, we're, we're here to be spokesperson. So um, it, it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, I, you know, it, it's it's crazy that we're already halfway through because it feels like just yesterday we we just threw on our headset for the first uh, a TSN game uh, in January. And that leads to my next question. Overall thought of TSN's coverage, the production crews with the camera guys, the audio guys, graphics, your producer, and working alongside John Abbott and Ashley, Ashley Docking. Well, we'll start with John and Ashley. They've been great. I've worked with Ashley quite a bit. So we, we are pretty familiar with each other. Uh, I worked uh, alongside her with the NLL for a little bit. Um, we also worked together a few times in Oakville with the Oakville Rock of Major Series Lacrosse. So chemistry has always been uh, been there with Ashley and I on air. Uh, she works so 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 hard. She's an absolute pro. Um, she puts a lot of time and effort for her interviews and her mid game stories and all her interviews um, before talking to players to get those little tidbits. And she does a great job, you know, making the players feel relaxed, whether it's on air or if she's talking them pregame over the phone or whatever it may be. She really does a good job to get the players to feel, you know, natural and, and give those candid answers. And and that's tough because there are some people, you know, when you're talking to players and it's not their fault, it's just kind of what they've been trained to do is throw out those cliches. Um, but she does a really good job getting the best out of her, uh, the interview. And John has been great. Um, you know, he's so, so easy to work with. He knows, um, you know, when to pull away and allow some analysis to come in. He's had some great goal calls. Um, you know, he is traditionally a hockey guy. You know, he calls games for TSN. Um, you know, was uh, TSN radio for a long time with the Vancouver Canucks and also the Ottawa Senators. Now he calls a lot of games 
um, with the Ottawa Senators on TSN. Um, so he's an absolute pro. And for him to come into this with, you know, not a ton of experience calling lacrosse, he's picked up on it very, very good. Um, and he's just, uh, sky's the limit for him when it comes to to calling, whether it's NLL or NHL. Um, you know, he, he's a true pro's pro. And every time I hop in the booth, we obviously get a little more chemistry, but he's so easy uh, to work with. People say it seems like, you know, we've been calling games together for a long time, but uh, I just credit to him. He just knows how to call a good game and knows how to feed off his color commentator. And uh, I think it's been working well. And and for the true superstars, uh, it's the crew. It's the production crew. It's been our producers. Um, it's the camera. It's the replay. The production that they put on is unbelievable. They make us look and sound way better than we actually are. And um, again, a, a lot of these producers are first time or even directors first time call, you know, doing lacrosse games at the start of the year. You would never guess that because they put in a ton of work. Um, you know, they, they, they did their research about the game um, doing just as much research as, as the analysts and as the, as the sideline reporters are to help, you know, us develop those in-game stories. So Everyone that uh, I've worked with at TSN is an absolute pleasure to work with. Uh, they've been great. And um, whether it's, you know, in Halifax, in Saskatoon, or in Hamilton, because you see a lot of different people from all over the country. Uh, every single person that I've worked with has been just, just fantastic to work with, but also fantastic people, too. It's truly a team effort. Hundred like, uh, percent. Being with Rogers TV, uh, the camera operators like myself, the audio mm -hmm. graphics guys, the producers, the IT guys. It's truly everybody has to work together to make a successful broadcast, and and that's why I wanted to ask you about this tonight. Absolutely, it's so true, and you know that th that's the thing. If if one person's not picking up the effort. You know, sometimes it just, it is, it's an off night. You can have an off night, right? It's just like a game of hockey or a game of lacrosse. Yep. It's everyone's there to bring each other up. And if you guys are all on the same page and, and working together as a team, if one person's not having the great, greatest night, they're going to be able to pick you up. And, and then maybe halfway through, you'll get back and you'll get back into the groove of things. So everyone's pulling on the rope in the same direction. It's not about, well, I don't care. You know, my, my shot, I had my shot. So that's all that matters. Yep. Or for me, yep. well, the replay wasn't up, so I couldn't talk about the goal. No, you, you, you know, you continue to go on and the show must go on. Right. So the people at home don't know what's going on. It might be absolute craziness in the truck. And as long as the product looks great on the TV and everyone's working hard together to make sure that the folks at home are watching yep. a great product, that's all that matters. Yeah. And uh, the fans don't realize how much work there is in a setup and a teardown <laughs> for a for a production. And I've I've just doing the Ontario Hockey League, and I can't imagine doing the lacrosse. It's just a lot of work that people don't see. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing. I feel bad about uh, just just being there for for color analyst. I wish I could stay and, and help out because they're there way earlier than they are or I am. But I am a guy that likes to get there early. I like to do all my prep, like to get settled and everything. And they're still there two, three hours before I am. And then another couple yep. hours after, after I leave. So uh, yep. kudos to everyone that works behind the scenes. Because if it wasn't for those guys, you wouldn't hear my voice. You wouldn't see my face. So yep. they are the true heart and soul. It's like a football team. Quarterback, yep. running yep. back, you know, yep. linebackers. They get all the praise. But it's yep. the interior guys. It's the, guys. the offensive line. 
that yep. should get all the glory. And if you talk to the quarterback, he'll say yep. it's all because of my O-line, right? And that's the same yep. thing with the on-air talent. Because if you don't have the people who are doing all the little things behind the scenes, the show wouldn't even come close to coming on air. And that's why I like doing Rogers because I'm seeing what TV side of it's like. And then with my podcast, I'm sort of doing radio. So I'm getting a, a little bit of experience on both ends and I love it. Both doing both. You know what, Chris, that's, that's the perfect thing. And when I was at school, a lot of my instructors and some of my uh, mentors said like, it doesn't matter what, if you want to make it in this industry, you got to be able to do everything right. You, you cannot turn down an opportunity because the way that this industry is going, um, there's not a ton of positions. So the more marketable you are, if you can do a little camera work, if you can edit, if you can write, if you can, you know, talk on air, if you can talk on radio, if you can talk on TV, the more marketable you are, the more hireable you are. And you'll never know because there have been guys that I went to school with that thought they wanted to be on air. They went to school or they got an internship somewhere and they were doing behind the scenes work. They ended up loving it because they had no idea. Guys are producers at Sportsnet or camera operators at CP24. They would have never known that if they just didn't pick something up and try. And obviously it's worked out really well for them. So I always say you got to give it a try before you turn it down because you know what, if you try camera or you try something else and you don't like it, you give it a couple of times, maybe it isn't for you. But if you don't try, you'll never know. Absolutely. And in the last month and a half, I've uh, started my own blogging. I'm still working on my writing skills, but I figured to do a, a, a blog once or twice a week on subjects that interest me and to see yeah. how that's going as well. That's great. I, I mean, I, I do some writing myself. It's something that I kind of really started doing before I was even at school, um, blogging as well. And that's just something that is so easy with technology here today. You can just open up your own Absolutely. blog. And yeah. and then there have been, you know, talking to uh, Justin Bourne, um, who's on Sportsnet, former pro, ended up, you know, on Sportsnet. He, the way he started, though, was he had his own blog and he wrote his blog and, you know, someone picked him up, started writing for different uh, newspapers um, you know, wrote for the score eventually. And then he tried his hand on air and broadcasting it. Now he's on the radio. Now he's on TV and now he's still writing. And that's a guy who works at Sportsnet. And so for him, he's not just trying to make it into the industry. He's doing three different things for one of the biggest networks in Canada. So that just goes to show you there that even the, the guys that are at the top of their game, they know that you still have to be marketable because you never know the, the industry is so, so volatile. Um, and for him to be able to be like that five to athlete, like you have on a baseball team or a hockey team, um, for him, he knows. And, and I love reading his stuff and hearing him on the radio and, and seeing him on TV. And that's, I found that very interesting when I was talking to him, he said that the way he really broke in was just blogging on a website and, and, and that's how someone found him. And I want to say thank you to Aaron Sanders because uh, he referred the National Basketball League of Canada uh, mm -hmm. to me to, to have the commissioner, Oddly Stevenson, come on. And they also uh, made me a media affiliate. So after each game for the N NBLC, uh, I get an invite to their podcast or their Zoom shows. And I get mm -hmm. to speak to coaches and players and, and ask them questions and, and, and stuff like that. So they're, getting, they're giving me more experience as well. And I really appreciate that opportunity. So between doing the podcast, the camera work, the blogging, and the NBLC, I, I'm keeping myself busy and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. 
That's great, man. And and busy is good. If if you have spare time, I mean, I will say, don't be afraid to give yourself a break here or there because you'll you'll run out of gas. But that being said, if you love doing it and you're passionate about it and you think that that you know adding more to your resume is is, is something that you want to do, by all means do it because the bigger your resume gets, I said it already, but the more marketable you become, the more hireable you come. And you'll never know. You'll never know if you don't if you don't like it unless you try it. Yeah, absolutely. And I love asking coaches and players questions. And mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes you think it's, a, it's okay, maybe not the best question. Then the player and the coach opens up right to you, and it's like, wow, it's such a great feeling. Absolutely. There's nothing better than when someone you know you ask a question at a presser or or you know in an interview and they say you know what that is a good question or they you can he you can see the the, the wheels start turning they give yeah. you a good answer so it's a, it is a great thing and i think you know interacting with players and coaches that's for for sure for sure one of my favorite things about the job um covid obviously has changed things but at the same time i think it's actually made players and coaches more accessible to media and maybe to um a guy like you, right? Like, cause now you don't have to be at the arena to, to even be into these post games scrums. Now you can yep. do it from the, the comfort of your house. Yep. Um, yep. And you can ask those intimate questions, even though you're not right in front of them. And the other night I was at a pro wrestling card in Cambridge. I had saw a great, that. Had a great time. Lots of video, lots of uh, mm-hmm. holding the championship belts. And um, I had one of the wrestlers on my podcast earlier that week. And then at the end of the card, I went up to one of the guys and he's like, you want to do a three minute interview with me on your TikTok video page? And uh, I thought it went okay. And he was quite happy with it. And, and now with things opening up, I would like to try to do some interviews in person. That way I can't really write stuff down and just do it, do it naturally. And that's the only way you get better too. Absolutely. I already said it. Practice makes perfect and you're going to make mistakes and you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to fumble with your words sometimes, or you're going to have, you know, forget a question and have to think yeah. on your feet and ask a different one. But yeah. You know, that happens to the, the pros. It happens to the guys at the top of their game too, right? And it, it is just all about practice and getting your reps. And again, and trying different things, you know, going to wrestling, like good on you for trying something different and not just trying to stick to one sport. Again, being, yeah. you know, being thinking outside of the box and, and trying different things are only going to help you succeed in the long run. Yeah, definitely. And I had a really good time at this uh, crossbody pro wrestling at uh, Cambridge and uh, it was really good entertainment and having a ringside seat. I was part of the match. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) literally, literally I was. So I was like, that's awesome. So, yeah, and it's also, like you said before, Pat, making connections. Like, I've also made Big a lot time. of friendships on here, but I'm making a lot of connections, and uh, and that help pays off as well in the end. A hundred percent, and I know there's, you know, your connections will will only, you know, get you so far, but it is still important to, to make those connections and make those, those relationships. And it's more than just, you know, having their number or having their email. Mm. It's about having that connection and, and, you know, making those impressions that, that, you know, you, you are passionate and you are reliable because someone's not going to, you know, put you, your name out for you unless they trust that you, you can do the the job and they can trust that you're working hard. So it it is more, it's great because a lot of people say connections and, and that is great. You know, having faith, you know, Facebook friends or Twitter followers or LinkedIn friends are great. 
But unless you have that relationship with that person, what does that even really mean? And and it is important to, and I'm glad you said that because it's the relationship of those connections that really mean something. Definitely. It's like with Sal Capaccio. Uh, today we had a discussion on Twitter. We, we didn't necessarily agree, but you know what? I took his points and I think he took my point. And uh, like I said, and sometimes, hey, I tell guys on uh, social media, Sometimes we're not going to agree on everything, but it's okay to disagree to agree. It's when people start getting into uh, profanity and getting real upset about it. It's like everybody has their views and opinion, and you and everyone should respect everyone's uh, opinions and views, even if you don't necessarily agree with them. Sports talk radio and, and sports television and columnists would be very boring if everyone agreed. Yes, it would be absolutely. very boring, right? Absolutely. Everyone's allowed to have their opinions. And that's yep. why everyone loves listening to the radio, listening to yep. whoever it is on the radio yep. or tuning in onto TV yep. to see a debate yep. because you, you want to hear people's opinions or you yep. want to disagree with someone or you like to agree with yep. this person. So yep. it's just a part of the business. Um, and yeah, it, it, you're not going to get along with everyone. Uh, no. Or, no. And, and, and as long as you, like you said, you keep it clean. Um, and you just keep it to those sports discussions yep. uh, or whatever you're debating and, and respect everyone. That's great. Cause I do agree. Twitter can, can get out of hand quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, just a couple more questions. I wanted to ask you, Pat, about the national cross league, which teams uh, uh, have surprised you so far and uh, which one or two teams you might want to keep an eye out for in the postseason. So I think the biggest surprise uh, right now is the Panther City being in a potential playoff race right now. An expansion team, a team that really, if you asked me, if you asked a lot of people, that didn't think that they were, you know, going to amount to too much this year. But uh, sitting at at five and eight right now, winners of their last four, they are a team that certainly start to heat up, and they have bought into what their head coach Tracy Kaluski is preaching, and that's hard work, being hard to play against, and, and not caring that you're an expansion team. They are believing in themselves. They have thrown the, the moral victories out, out of the window. They they want to be more like the Vegas Golden Knights rather than the, the Seattle Kraken. I'll put it in a hockey term there. Yeah. They're not worried about collecting um, you know, draft picks and, and building for the future. They're a team that knows, okay, we're still going to draft well. They had a, a first-round pick this year, first overall pick, and Jonathan Donville, who is going to be an absolute stud. But they want to build the winning culture right now. And that's what they're doing. I don't know if they're going to make the postseason, but the fact that they're even in this spot right now has been incredibly impressive. Um, Patrick Dodds leading their team in scoring. He's top 10 in scoring as a rookie. Uh, this is a kid that is going to be dominant for years to come. He actually still has one more year left of eligibility in junior. So this summer, he could go back to Victoria and play for the Shamrocks. Um, in BC Junior A lacrosse, which is absolutely nuts. And he's still lighting it up. So um, the future is bright for them. In terms of a team that maybe you could uh, keep an eye out for, we'll go to the East. And I think it's the Georgia Swarm. They're a team that has caught fire as of late, winners of their last three. And they're a team that had a lot of turnover, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But they still had the defending MVP in Shane Jackson. And Lyle Thompson, who is regarded to be one of the best players in the world, a former MVP as well. And they just had 
to take a little time to find that chemistry with some of their new players on offense, and they have found their stride definitely. I think their goaltending with Mike Poulin is a little bit inconsistent. He's an older goalie. He's a goalie that has proven that he can win at this level, uh, but it's been, been the consistency. He's been one, one older player that hasn't really been able to find his stride after that long COVID break. So if he can play consistent, he doesn't have to be the Mike Poulin of old. But if he just makes the saves that he needs to make, if that offense is going to score at the rate that they're scoring right now, if they can get in the playoffs. They're a team that could certainly, certainly make some noise. It'd be tough if they finish in fourth because they'll have to play the Buffalo Bandits in that first round. Um, but they're a team, no doubt, that one game, that's all it takes in that first round. They'll be able to hang with the Bandits. Um, it's just uh, whether they can hang on for a full 60. I was going to say, ha, the Swarm, are they playing in Atlanta? I know they're called the Georgia Swarm. Are they playing right in Atlanta? So they're in like Metro Atlanta. I believe it's Gwinnett County is where they play okay. at. So okay. just outside of Atlanta. They're not in uh, in downtown Atlanta, but they're in, in the surrounding area in Gwinnett County. Um, but they're, they're a franchise that they started out in, they were in Minnesota, and then they moved to um georgia and this year actually has been the first year where they've had some pretty consistent crowds so i'm i'm, I'm glad that they've found that fan base because they have a great ownership group um they have uh, some great um players on the floor it's just they've kind of struggled to have that consistent fan base uh, and i think they're a team that you know they've won a championship before so i think the more winning you get the more fans will come out and support that franchise but mentioning minnesota that's also maybe another spot, Chris, that we could see getting a team again. I'd like back. to see another Canadian team in the league, I'll be honest, um, before we hit that special number 16 number, but uh, we'll have to wait and see who uh, that team will be. Edmonton, maybe. That's, you know what, Chris, that's probably one of the bigger rumblings that uh, has been going on. There are a lot of people believe that Edmonton Sports and Entertainment, that ownership group, wants to bring a team um, to that new building. Again, I mentioned it with Detroit and some of the other franchises that have NHL teams in the National Lacrosse League or even NBA teams. They like to have those teams that can fill out some dates in those arenas. They can do cross-promotion. Um, you know, it's something that has worked out well for a lot of franchises, and I think the Oilers kind of want a piece of that pie you can build an automatic rivalry with Calgary, uh, Saskatchewan, and then maybe even Manitoba is an option as well with Winnipeg. Maybe there's a Winnipeg team um, that comes in the next few years as well, and you really build up that Western Canada rivalry. And I think it will be East and West conferences for a while, but I think eventually they would like to have an East and a West and then two divisions within those two conferences. Uh, but that probably wouldn't be until we get past 16 teams. Okay, that leads to this question. Overall, how the attendance across the National Lacrosse League have been so far? You know what? It's been hit and miss. And a, a big reason is due just to the fact that, you know, there have been a lot of restrictions. Halifax, you know, they had to postpone a lot of games. And even the games that they ended up playing, some were with 3,000, some were with, um, you know, 5,000. I think there's only been one. Uh, but Buffalo consistently, I believe they're averaging about 9,000 fans per game. Um, Calgary's up there as well, and they've had to deal with some restrictions. Um, Colorado and Saskatchewan are about 8,000, so a little bit lower um, for overall attendance across the league. But 
when you're dealing with COVID, you're dealing with yes. a pandemic. Yeah. It's tough, right? Like it is really, really tough to deal with. So I think you have to give this season a little bit of pass, pass. when it comes to attendance, just because it is tough for, you know, there's people that might not feel comfortable to go back to the arena and that that's totally fine. And maybe there's people that kind of lost some interest um, from two years ago because it, it, it's been so long. I think you allow this year to build back that momentum that you built from 2020. And then next year, if we're, we're through the pandemic, if we don't have to deal with these restrictions that are now starting to be lifted, then we can start to take a look and really be critical to say, okay, is this fan base, is this franchise working in this um you know, city, or is it working in this arena? Do we need to reassess that way? Because I think with the regime that was in place with Nick Sakevich, who did just leave as the commissioner of the NLL, he was very, very adamant on bringing teams in, which is great. Uh, but at the same time, you can bring in a, a team, but you have to make sure that it's not just their first year that they're successful, that you have that growth and that sustainability while they're in um, that building or while they're in that fan base. So uh, I think all in all, pretty, pretty good job by the National Lacrosse League during the pandemic. Uh, but let's kind of reassess the situation next year um, when we're probably, fingers crossed, not dealing with uh, limited capacities and whatnot. And I was going to say, getting the game on TSN on a regular huge. basis and ESPN is huge. And uh, yep. that will grow the game and more exposure. And that's that is that's a great thing to see uh, with TSN and ESPN in the States. Absolutely. And I think TSN, just the fact, like I mentioned earlier, just this casual sports fan can, can see it on TV because before it was a subscription service. And, you know, me as a hardcore lacrosse fan, uh, mind you, I, I had my media pass anyways, but, you know, a hardcore lacrosse fan, they're going to go out of their way and do it. The casual sports fan is not. So for them to just to be able to turn on TSN, and see a lacrosse game, that's how you're going to come across the game. That's how you're going to build fans. And in ESPN, again, huge, massive. They don't have as many games as luckily as we do for TSN with pretty much with the exception of last week, uh, a game every single weekend. Um, but we will get a couple of double headers coming up because we lost that one, one weekend with March Madness, which is totally understandable. Um, wall to wall coverage for March Madness this past weekend. So, uh, not really too many spots where you could fill a lacrosse game in, but, um, even when ESPN, they, they, they were very strategic with where they put the games. A lot of afternoon games, not going up against any NFL games on a Sunday, you know, Smart. leading in, in leading into there was, I think there was even when we had some Saturday NFL games, they were leading into some football games. So you would get some people like Pat McAfee of all people was watching a Georgia, I think it was Georgia and Philly. He tweeted about how he was watching the game in the fourth quarter. And for him just to send out a tweet, a guy who has millions upon millions of followers, just that tweet of him saying something about NLL goes so, so far because Someone sees that and says, what's going on? Flips it on ESPN. So many other people. It's word of mouth, right? So uh, just just things like that um, allow the game to grow because it's all about visibility. It's all about those fans being able to come across the game organically. Definitely. Now, for anybody that's watching this today, and they can they get an online streaming package with the National Lacrosse League? And if so, how much would it be? 
So it's not necessarily through the league. Uh, it would have to be through, if you're in the States, you'd have to get an ESPN plus okay. um, subscription, but that gets you more than just the NLL. That gets you so many different things. And then similarly with TSN, um, with the TSN direct or the TSN app, um, if you have a cable provider like Bell or Rogers or whatever it may be, and you get TSN on your TV, you just sign in using those credentials and you can get every single National Lacrosse League game on your laptop or on your smartphone or whatever device you have. Um, and then say if you don't have cable or you don't have TSN or any of those packages, you can just order TSN direct. I'm not too sure about the prices, Chris, but uh, I know that's a subscription fee as well. And again, you're not just ordering the NLL, you're ordering every programming that comes on TSN as well. So it makes a lot more sense um, rather than just ordering every single NLL game and that's all you get. I was going to say, what about the radio? I know the Buffalo Bandits are on radio, obviously, with John Googler on a I can't remember the station. I know WGR sometimes picks up games, but uh, are there any other teams that have radio contracts or is Buffalo one of the few? So it's uh, it's not quite as popular as it once was, but I do believe Rochester still has theirs. Um, I do think, I actually know for a fact, Saskatchewan, they have their radio broadcast as well. I don't know which radio station it is out there. Um, and I think... Chris, that might be it. I know it's not okay. as many as they there there used to be, um, but there's there's probably more. There's someone. There's probably something that I'm forgetting. So, but I know okay. there are a few. And John Gertler, you mentioned his name. What a legend! Yep. What an awesome oh, guy. Yeah. Every time I ran into him, I was so happy I was able to see him in Hamilton. Had a great conversation with him when when the Bandits were in town. And uh, yeah, what a legend. He is a guy that uh, he sometimes calls those games on radio by himself with a color commentator. It is That's impressive. Not... It is impressive because yes. you're talking the whole time. You don't have a color guy to, you know, take a to swig of water and yeah. he, but he does a great job. He doesn't have to yes. talk the whole time. He allows the fans, the the crowd noise to pick things up. And he yeah. is a true pro, pro's pro. As you know, you had that that great interview. I watched it. It was awesome. Um, you did a great job, but I love listening to John Gertler. I could oh, yeah. I could listen to that guy read off a menu. I don't even care what he's reading. The docile tones of his voice, uh, just an absolute legend. Okay, lost you. Oops. Okay, sorry guys. I think uh, are you back, Pat? I think so. Uh, yeah, just just the Wi-Fi. Sometimes that does happen. Technical difficulties happen, so I think we're okay now. All good. Yeah, no, I I yeah, I think I lost you there, but uh, it looks like yeah. we're good now. Yeah, I was gonna say, and uh, John came into the Buffalo Sabers at a at a wrong time. I guess Ted Darling, the legendary guy, passed away, and it didn't matter if it was John or whoever replaced Ted. I I think they were destined not to not fail and personally i think the sabers made a mistake letting john go because i think john is an asset as a broadcaster and obviously uh his love of the bandits he loves the game of lacrosse and the bandits and uh, he's good for the league and uh, i really enjoyed talking to him for over an hour on here as well yeah he uh he's done a tremendous job with the bandits for such a long time like he is synonymous with the bandits when you think of the bandits when you think of all the greats the you know the john Tavares's, the the kilgore brothers 
whoever it may be that has been through the franchise. You just think of all the iconic calls that he's had um, with that team. And um, I, I, I tell you, man, like obviously there's a part of me that would love to see Halifax win a championship there because that would mean there's a good chance that I'd be calling that game. And I spend a lot of time with that franchise. But I tell you, um, the, that, that Bandits team, if I had to pick a team to win right now, it would be the Bandits. And it would be awesome to hear John Gertler call a game winning goal for the bandits for an NLL cup because it probably be on the radio, but it would be an iconic call because that's how much of a legend he is. And it would be really, I know he would be absolutely fired up because, you know, when you're around the team for so long and I know you're, you know, you're supposed to be unbiased, but he works for the team. So, um, you know, he would be so, so happy. And I know he'd be thrilled for the, for the organization, but it'd be also well earned for him because he's been grinding with that team for a long time and they've been very good, but they haven't won a championship for a long, long time. A title's overdue in Buffalo, not just for the other teams that are there. It's also the bandits. They've been hungry for a championship too. Definitely. Speaking of that, I was going to say, I've got a couple of uh, Buffalo legends on here. Van Miller before he passed away. Nice. Uh, Signed a Joe Joe D, their offensive lineman, autographed a card for me years ago in Buffalo. He's in the Hall of Fame and uh, Van Miller. Um, can't I don't think you can see it. Van Miller, the the late great Van Miller uh, yes. broadcaster. He signed an uh, autograph for me too as well. So, and I'm gonna say this right now, and I'm gonna say it controversial. I think the Buffalo Bills will get to the Super Bowl this year. I don't know quite yet if they're gonna win it. But I, I really do think this team is set up to get to the Super Bowl this year. Well, Chris, I I appreciate you saying that because I know this past year it was an up and down season. Yeah. I think they've addressed some some issues. I think they still need to address some issues. But from from what we saw in that playoffs from Josh Allen uh, yeah. and, and what we saw from that offense, I think this is a team that is is poised for greatness but i do recognize that there are some a, a few holes that they still need to fill uh, but just watching watching josh allen play in the postseason he's a guy that i think can bring your team to to the glory or at least to that super bowl game i think so too it's gonna be tough to win the whole thing but i think before his time is done in buffalo um he's gonna at least get them to the dance and hopefully it's this year yeah, I, I, I really think they will get there. We'll just see what happens because with injuries, you never know what's going to happen with injuries in the offseason and stuff like that. Of but course. Um, I do like what they've – I've liked their moves so far, and uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, like I said, I, I just – hey, I want to say thank you so much, Pat, for coming on. And uh, I was going to no say problem. before before I let you go, I'll work in my audience again, find you on social media, and uh, how are things going at Coolback Canada right now? Cool bet is going fantastic. Uh, busy times, obviously, with March Madness. Um, fully regulated in Ontario on April 4th. So uh, things are certainly heating up with that. Um, but in terms of where you can find me, you can find me at P Greggy on Twitter or on Instagram. Same thing, but at a 22. So at P Greggy 22, you can follow us uh, at Cool Bet Canada as well. Um, and just make sure anytime you see TSN and it's in Buffalo or maybe in Hamilton or Halifax, there's a good chance that you'll see my face on the TV. And even if it's a Western game, watch the NLL because I guarantee you, you're going to fall in love with it. And the guys and Chantel Chand, um, the ringside reporter, 
Brad Challoner and Teddy Jenner, those guys do a tremendous job on the Western games as well. So tune in. And to answer your last question, the NLL championship. Okay. I already mentioned that I, that the bandits, bandits are my pick. So I think it's going to be the bandits. And I'm going to say, I think it will be the bandits and the Calgary roughnecks in the final wow. a rematch yeah. from the 2019. I know the seals. I think that's a trendy pick. Um, but I just feel that there's going to be a team in the West that there's just some volatility there. I think there's going to be a team that's going to upset some people. So let's go with the Roughnecks. At the, at the end of the day, I think whoever comes out of the East, whether it's Halifax, Toronto, or the Bandits, or maybe even Georgia, I think whoever wins the East is going to be who's going to win the NLL Cup. Okay, and... Uh, the Toronto Rocks' next home game is uh, at the first Ontario Center. I still want to call it Cops Coliseum. Is this <laughs> Saturday, too. March 26th at uh, 5 o'clock against the Georgia Swarm, and it's a kids' night game, so it should be a very good crowd that night. Yes, uh, I think the, the deal is, so if you're watching this and you have a kid or a, a niece or a nephew, uh, if you buy your adult ticket, you get a free admission um, for a youth or for a kid. So a great deal, a great uh, night out with the family. It's at a five o'clock start, so it's not as late. Um, so I think we're going to see a, a younger crowd in the audience um, for that game. But it's great for you know these young kids that maybe have never seen lacrosse before, or even for the young kids that do play lacrosse to see, you know, what they could aspire to be one day in the national lacrosse league. So it's going to be exciting. And if you can't make it out um, also tune in on TSN, I don't know which TSN it is yet, Chris, I will tweet it out. Um, I'll have to double check. I think it might be TSN too, but uh, we'll have to take a double look, but it will be at five o'clock um, Toronto rock, Georgia swarm. It's going to be an awesome game, a huge game in the East because Georgia, like I said, winning three straight, they could almost catch Toronto if they pick up a win here. It's a huge game, and uh, I will definitely let you know if for some reason I can make it this Saturday. If not, I think I'm looking at the April 2nd game against San Diego for sure, which is a 7 o'clock game at the first Ontario Center. And I'll be there. I'll be calling that game with John Abbott yeah. and Ashley Donking on TSN. And I, I mentioned it to you off air. Uh, this weekend really wouldn't be a great weekend for me to, to meet up and chat unless it was before the game. Uh, yeah. I got to hop on a plane and head to Halifax for the Facts. game on Sunday against, Sunday. Uh, against the Bandits. So a busy weekend for me. But, Chris, I couldn't yeah. ask for anything better. Uh, I, I am very lucky. Very blessed that I have the opportunity to, to call this beautiful game for this awesome league. And of course, obviously for TSN as well. Um, something that I don't take for granted at all. No, and definitely, hey, I'm not going to ever complain about being busy again because the last year and a half, two years, we had lacrosse, the OHL taken away, a lot of stuff mm -hmm. taken away from us. So I appreciate now everything I do even more than before. No doubt. No doubt about that, Chris. And, and like we said as well, don't, don't uh, don't complain about being too busy as well, because what you're doing right now is awesome. Keep up the good work. Keep trying different things. Keep going out of your comfort zone. And it's only only going to pay off with all the hard work that you're doing, buddy. OK, well, thank you so much, Pat. I really appreciate you coming on tonight. Season three, episode 20, my 130th episode with you. So thank you so much. And I, I really awesome. enjoyed talking in our with you. And I'm hoping to uh, hear back from Mike from The Rock and uh, get maybe one of the Rock players to come on as well in the future.
Yeah, that'd be awesome. The the Toronto Rock have some some great guys, some great players. They'll they're always uh, always looking to chat to some media to to get new fans. Right, they're trying to grow the game as well. Okay, well, Pat, I'm going to let you go, but uh, I hope you have a great night and uh, good luck to your Maple Leafs as well in the playoffs. We're going to need it, Chris. So thanks for all the luck. (laughs) Okay, no problem. Pat, we'll keep in touch on social media and uh, thanks again for coming on tonight. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, buddy. No problem. You're welcome. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed my podcast tonight with Pat Gregor. He's a social media manager at Coolback Canada, TS analyst for the National Cross League Game of the Week on TSN, and he's also an analyst for the Halifax Thunderbird, and I met him a couple years ago on Elite Sports Tours on a Philadelphia Eagles Green Bay Packers trip to Lambeau Field, which was a lot of fun, and if you've never gone to Lambeau Field, uh, that is a bucket list item as well. Um, also, guys, the Toronto Rocks, like I mentioned before, the Toronto Rocks next home game at the First Ontario Center is in Hamilton this Saturday, March 26th at 5 o'clock against the Georgia Swarm, and it's a kids' uh, night game as well. And I'm hoping to go to a game either this Saturday or April 2nd as well. You guys can also follow Pat on Twitter at Pat Gregory uh, as well. And also, guys, you can check out Cool Bat Canada. Just Google Cool Bat Canada to take you on their website as well. They're one of the major sponsors of the National Lacrosse League as well. And you can also check out the National Lacrosse League's website at uh, nll.com. And if you want to follow the Halifax Thunderbirds, you can check them out at uh, www.halifaxthunderbirds.com as well. And also, guys, uh, just to let you know, my next live with CDP podcast, Thursday, March 24th at 4 o'clock Eastern. My guest is going to be Tim St. Clair, the public address announcer for the Chicago Bulls, the Chicago Bears, the Chicago Fire of the Major League Soccer League, and also a PA announcer for the Illinois Fighting Alumni as well. I really appreciate Tim uh, giving me some time out of his busy schedule uh, from his PA announces and his other businesses to come on live with CDP. He's going to talk about the Chicago Bulls, Bears, Fire, and uh, how he got started up in public address announcements as well and what was it like we uh following in the footsteps of uh chicago pa announcer tommy edwards and uh ray clay who was the pa announcer in the 90s when they won their six championships so i hope you guys can tune into live with cdp uh this uh thursday at four o'clock with tim st Clair uh from the bulls bears and chicago fire as well so just give me one second guys i'm going to just show you a clip of a national cross-league game uh, between recently uh, Colorado Mammoths against the San Diego Seals. Uh, This clip is courtesy of the National Lacrosse League. Stumped at the the, uh, front of the cage by Dylan Ward as Zed Williams hits the first goal of the game for Colorado. So Zed Williams ties things up. He's history, 13-4. Here's Westberg. He sticks it past Ward for a goal! Chalked up laziness maybe a little soreness but they need to clean that up here's hickey on corkson scores be prepared for it ball is now working to the left back to the right side it's the clear the rookie berg up top berg for stats he scores flank to his left by lead was right by robinson it's lee they switch places lee for robinson and he scores Robinson pings the corner and it's four to two. 
Four minutes gone in the second, four to two, San Diego. Chris Ward on their side, leaves it off, coming from behind. An initial save, but on the backspin, it sneaks in for Robinson's second. Not only his creativity, but his execution. Here's Noble working with Berg on the near side. Feeds Dolby backside, scores! Who forces the turnover. Streaking down with Jokum. Jokum scores near post. Now it's Bird, near side Noble. He scored the goal last weekend to win the game. Fires one, and he scores again! The king of the buzzer beater, and do you believe it with 1.3? Exactly the same. Giuliano comes out of the net. He scoops it, Miss Capito flying in, and he scores! Stotts. Greer in tight, Greer falling down, Greer, he scores! Everything. Here's Zed Williams scored the first quarter. Spins to the middle, Williams had his hands free and scores! There's the skill that you see in the field game looming large in Zed Williams' game. Coming with eight to seven seconds or less, you want to have good opportunities like that, and they need to start getting better opportunities. And Lee off the bench stings the corner to tie us at seven. Our play goals, he leads the Seals with six this year. It starts up top, Stotts flings for Noble. Eight to shoot, Noble back for Stotts. He lets it go, and he scores! Berg gets it across the timeline, 22 seconds. Empty net, Berg. Call it a night in San Diego. Berg with the empty netter. Anyways, guys, that clip was courtesy of the National Lacrosse League. Obviously, San Diego won that game over Colorado 9-7 nine and nine to seven as well. So, anyways, I uh, just want to say thank you to everyone watching this podcast on my YouTube channel. Please subscribe if you haven't. Thank you to everyone watching on Facebook Live and on my Twitter page at Christy Pome, if you wish to follow me there as well. And also, guys, just to let you know, I do this with all my podcast shows. Uh, live with CDP podcast. The audio version is downloaded to Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, Castbox, and LinkedIn as well. And you guys can also follow me on TikTok at Live with CDP. I'm quite active on TikTok, as you'll see some of my uh, videos. I have wrestling videos. Uh, on there one thomas a local wrestler from K K kitchener is on there as well so and you guys can also follow me on social media as well uh facebook twitter instagram etc uh and also let's see some comments uh let's see basdale thanks for sharing this basdale thank you for watching and pat Ah, oh, Pat. Hey, thanks for having me on, Chris. Hey, Pat, thanks for coming on. And uh, I'm just trying to continue to improve and get better. And I really appreciate you coming on again. And I really enjoyed it. And uh, thanks to you. I've taken a liking into the National Lacrosse League uh, because talking to you, I've I've watched more of the game now and I'm still learning it. And uh, I really appreciate your friendship and uh, coming on my podcast four times now as well. So, uh, anyways, guys, like I said, I, I thank to everyone watching this on uh, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and also on my audio platforms as, as well. And also, guys, just to let you know, um, let's see, just one second. Uh, the CHL's top prospect game is tomorrow night. 
uh, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, I believe on TSN, uh, from the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium. Uh, and uh, there's going to be four Gulf Storm players, a uh, record four Gulf Storm players on this top prospect game. Uh, rookie defenseman Michael Bushringer, uh, Jake Calab- Carabella from Guelph, uh, Matt Porteris, and Danny Zilkinen. Uh, will be on this team. And I don't think the Storm have ever had four players uh, at once on a top prospect game. So I hope you guys can check it out. If you can't go to the odd tomorrow night in Kitchener, uh, watch the game on TSN, I believe, at 8 o'clock. And I'm looking forward to it because uh, these four young guys are are very talented players. And uh, I guarantee you next year, you're going to see uh, rookie defenseman Cam Allen in this game. Uh, Cam Allen's a 16-year-old defenseman, and he's already uh, – setting records for storm uh, defenseman for rookies uh, with goals and assists and points. And uh, he's, uh, I can see why George Burnett uh, took him uh, first overall for the storm this year in the OHL draft as well. And the storm's next uh, game, I believe is Friday night. And I will be doing that game at uh, the Sleeman Center against the Kitchener Rangers. And it'll be on Rogers TV uh, with producer Neil White, uh, Jeff Ketty, and the uh, camera operators and the uh, audio and uh, the graphics people who all do a great job. So I'm really looking forward to the game Friday night at 7.30 against Sleeman Center. And then Saturday night, the Storm are in Erie to take on the Erie Otters. And then Sunday night, they're home again to the London Knights. Uh, The game will be on Rogers TV. I most likely won't be there, but uh, I'll be listening to it on the radio with Larry Malott on CJOY 1460 as well. So... Uh, anyways, guys, I think I'm going to call this a podcast. Uh, again, I want to say thank you to my guest, Pat Gregor, for coming on uh, live with CDP Season 3, Episode 20. And this is my 130th episode. So uh, I've been very fortunate to get a lot of guests to come on. And uh, my mom said something today about uh, she's finally learned I have a podcast. <laughs> and I basically told her, and she's like, wow, you've had a lot of guests on. And then she goes, uh, how much did you pay them on? I'm thinking, Mom, if I paid all 130 guests to come on, I would be broke. So uh, I'm very lucky to be able to uh, do this podcast and have guests come on and not have to uh, spend major money or anything like that. So anyways, but uh, that's my funny story of the day. So um, anyways, guys, again, um, my next podcast Season 3, episode 21, will be this Thursday, March 24th, 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 Central. Guest Tim St. Clair, the public address announcer for the Bulls, Bears, Fire, and the Illinois Fighting Alumni. He's also done a couple of NBA All-Star games, and he's also the voice of uh, uh, NBA 2K 2022 as well. And he's uh, one of the best public address announcers in professional sports. So anyways, guys, uh, again, thank you to Pat Gregor from Cool Bat Canada for coming on and talking some National Lacrosse League with me. And uh, I hope you guys can all... Uh, tune in to my next episode Thursday at four o'clock with uh, Tim St. Clair. So I hope everybody has a great night and we'll see you Thursday at four o'clock with the uh, voice of the Chicago Bulls at the United Center, Tim St. Clair. Have a great night, guys. And uh, thanks again for watching live with CDP podcast or listening to it on audio.